0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. We're so glad that you are here on this special day, July the 4th, such an amazing day to celebrate. Can the church say Amen. Thankful for all of our freedom that we have. I was pondering earlier today that we have missionaries out of this church that would love to be able to have a church in the freedom in which we had it. They would love to be able to have a, a church building, and, and but they have to do it in secret because it's a communist country They're trying to preach the gospel to the lost. That we are so thankful for the men and the women that have fought for our freedom, and we honor our flag today. Can you say, man, we are God and country? Thankful for it. Appreciate all of those that have served in military. We honor honor you again. Our our family member is here from Charleston, West Virginia. Bryce Grayley, he just graduated from the Air Force Academy, second lieutenant. We honor you today. Would you give him a hand? We're so glad you're here. And we are so honored to have Sister Mary Williams children with us today and they are in the back row on this side we're so thankful would y'all stand and wave your hand back there we just we, we're so glad that they're here man we're so blessed God bless you they have come today it's hard to believe it's been a year since Sister Mary Williams passed and we miss her here we called her the Queen Bee she's went on to be with the Lord and she has met her reward there's no doubt and I think just this past week in the service, someone was preaching and and exhorting and talking about Sister Williams and the impact they had on them, that she had on their life. And she impacted all of us in prayer and friendly. She never forgot a name, did she? Never forgot a person. We're so glad for all of you and all of our guests that are here. I want us to pray. And I want us to ask God to open our hearts to what his, he's going to say to us today. Would you do that? Everybody in the building, would you ask the Lord to speak to you through the word? We've been led in God and country today. God bless America. We thank you for every liberty we have, every freedom that we have been given, oh God, in this country. We propagate the gospel and the worship freely. I pray that today every person in this room would be blessed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The book of Esther chapter 9, reading with verse 1. I, there's a war going on. Even a cultural war, which I'm not really here preaching about. But There's a spiritual war that's going on today. Attacks on our family, attack on our health, our mind. How many believe that? It's a battle. The Lord allows me to feel that and what you're going through at times. And, and uh, prayer is going to be made and God's going to bring great deliverance to our country. And I believe God's going to bring great deliverance to our city. Do you believe that? We're so excited about tonight. We're so excited about next week tonight. We're going to be connecting with a lot of amazing people around this city. Next week, we're going to have an old-fashioned tent revival down there by the Y Bridge. It's going to be powerful. We're going to have church just like we do here and let God move and touch lives. Amen. There's going to be so many people delivered and touched by the hand of the Lord. Miracles are going to happen. People are going to come to the Lord. And uh, I'm so, so excited for the delivering power. Of God. Chapter 9, verse 1. It says now in the 12th month, that is the month of Adar. That is the month of March for us. This is the Jewish calendar. It says on the 13th day of the same, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put in execution. In the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, there had been a day declared on the 13th day of the month of Adar that every Jew in the world was to be killed. It was going to be a holocaust of that day. But something happened that turned the table, that changed everything. And it says, in parentheses, it says, though it was turned to the contrary. What it means is this, it says that the Jews had what? Rule over them that hated them. Something happened to cause what the enemy was planning to do, it reversed and now the authority was given to the Jews instead of to the Persians. And they declared this day, a day of of Purim, It was a holiday still celebrated by the Jews when they were delivered from the declaration of death and the the Holocaust of that day from the enemies of the Jews. They they declared this day that was going to be the destruction of every Jew in the known world, that God turned it around and gave them the rule. They, They turned that day into a day of Independence Day and they called it Purim. And the Bible says they would celebrate that day every year. Not only just one day, sometimes even two days they'd go into celebrating. And guess what? It was a day of gladness. It was a day of joy. It was a day of rejoicing. It was a day of firework shows. Are y'all with me right now? How I many know we have independence in the United States. July the 4th, 1776. And I think we ought to thank God for that. But there was an Independence Day that was declared by the book of Esther. In the book of Esther, I'm going to preach about that today. I'm simply preaching today on Simply Independence Day. God bless you. You may be seated. I preached a lot about it in the first few months of this year, talking about when the Jews were exiled from Jerusalem they had been scattered to the known world which was persia so vast so large that the book of esther declares that king uh, um ahasuerus was the king of all 127 provinces he was known as the king of kings the provinces had their own king and ruler but he was the king over all of those kings. It was so vast that it went from India all the way down through Egypt, even into Ethiopia, Arabia, up into England and down back toward Russia. It was a long, it was about 3,000 miles from India to Ethiopia. It was a large kingdom to say the least. It was during this time that you'll find a little orphan girl a little Hebrew girl by the name of Hadassah that became known as Esther. When her parents passed away, her cousin by the name of Mordecai took her in and raised her as his own. And when the king's wife chose not to come to him, when he bid her to come to him, he replaced her with a fair maiden of the land and it just happened to be Esther, who took that place. The Bible says that she required nothing more than what the king expected of her and she won his favor and became his wife. I want to say today to you that culture comes and goes. Fads come and go. I didn't see any bell bottoms in the building today. Poodle skirts. I can't talk about changing them hairdos because I only have one. Fads come and go, but the reality is, she chose what the king wanted. Could I say to the Esther of today, the church, the bride of God, the bride of Christ, can I tell you, we gotta be careful to go to and fro with every cultural fad. We cannot become men pleasers. We've gotta become, what does God want out of my life? Paul said, if I seek to please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. In a day of expressing myself and me time and it's about me and I need to just be me. Don't ever forget in this culture that he said if you come after me, you've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. I want to please the king. How many want to please the king today? I want him to say to Aaron Bounds one of these days, Aaron, enter in thou good and faithful servant. I don't wanna miss that place, do you? I believe he's got a place that's destined for us today. I have not seen, eareth not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. He said, if you believe in God, believe also in me, for in my Father's house are many mansions. Streets of gold and gates of pearl and walls of jasper, and no more pain and no more sorrow, no more suffering. How many are planning on making that place your eternal home? Would you clap your hands and say, that's my home. That's my home. Esther, Esther was his bride. And, but there was something going on at the time period when she had became the queen. There was a man by the name of Haman that had gained great rule in the Persian kingdom under King Ahasuerus. You'll find that his name was Haman. He was Haman the Agagite. He was a descendant of Agag. How many remember when God spoke to the prophet Samuel and he told Samuel, he said, I want you to destroy every Amalekite. How many remember that? Destroy every Amalekite. And he spared the best of the, of the sheep and the best of the cattle. And, and Samuel came and Saul, the king, back in that day, he said, we have conquered the Amalekites, as you said. He said, why do I hear the lowing of the oxen and the bleeding of the sheep? Why are you holding on to things that God said to destroy? Samuel looked and there was a man by the name of Agag. Agag was the king over all the Amalekites and Samuel fell on him himself and killed him because of what he was doing and trying to do. Agag means to overtop. The goal of Agag and his descendants was to overtop the people of God, to tear down the people of God and to overcome the people of God. I hate to be the one to be the bearer of bad news today, but there's a devil that would like to overtop you and your family. He told Simon Peter in his word, he said it this way. He said, Simon, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith fell thee not. It appears that faith can overcome um, the enemy. And I realize today the devil would love to do everything he can to destroy our homes, our minds, our families, our children, our community, everything that God has blessed us with. But Saul, for whatever cultural reason, decided to spare Agag. History says Agag lived long enough to have a child that had a lineage that birthed what was known in Esther's day as Haman. He was not just Haman. He was Haman the Agagite. Haman the descendant of Agag. We have to be careful to hold on to things that God said to let go of. I said we gotta be careful to hold on to things that God said you need to get rid of. Why? Because they later become the enemy of destruction in our life. That's why you'll find even King Saul died by the hand of an Amalekite if he would have just obeyed the voice of God, if he would have just obeyed what God said to do, it would have been different. But oh, Agag didn't just have a descendant. Saul was a descendant of Kish. And guess what? From the descendant of Kish, there also come another descendant. And it's gonna be a battle that was gonna be reengaged. The descendant of Kish now is, guess who? It's Esther. What Saul did not do There's a young lady that has the favor of the king that she's about to take care of some unfinished business. Her name was Esther. Esther's got the favor of the king. But this man by the name of Haman, it's it's a war now between Esther and Haman, like it was back in the day between Saul and Agag. Esther's now the queen. But Haman has has this rule and he's got this ideology because he he doesn't like that there's some people that don't worship him. There's a man in the kingdom by the name of Mordecai. He's Esther's cousin, you know the one that raised her. He he stays at the king's gate. That's where the business deals were done, was at the king's gate. He would stay at the king's gate, observing and there. When Haman, the second man in the kingdom, which seemed to be the ruler under the king, but ruler of the earth that had a a devised plan that when he would walk out, people would bow down and pay obeisance to him, get on their knees. You've seen some of those old English king movies, you know, they bowed down. But there was a man by the name of Mordecai. He would not bow. He stood stern and strong. He had made up in his mind, I'm not gonna compromise my worship to anybody. Doesn't matter who they are, how much authority they have. I'm not going, why? Because we were kicked out of Jerusalem for bowing down to idols. How I many know he wasn't the only one in that period of time that decided not to do that. There was a man by the name of Daniel that said, I'm not going to worship that God either. He was thrown in the lions then, but God delivered him. How I many realize there were three Huber children during that period of time. They said, we're not going to bow down to any golden image. And they were thrown in the fire, but praise God, they were delivered out of the fire. Mordecai was the same way. I am not going to bow. Haman couldn't stand it. He decided because there was a group of people in the world that wouldn't compromise their truth, wouldn't compromise their worship. They were known as the Jews. He decided to make a law and a decree. He declared that on the 13th day of the month of Adar, he declared We are going to have every Jew in the world killed. He secretly passed it under the king's. Not knowing what was going on, went with it. Haman has a royal robe. He's got the king's signature because he was trusted in that day. And when he put the king's signet, there was no one in the world that could reverse the order that he made. And that was the day, 13 month of Adar, every Jew would be annihilated. Now listen, this goes with it. It was almost like, uh, um, uh, how how do I say this? I'm not trying to be political. Don't misjudge me what I'm going to say. But it was like some stimulus package that went with it. A 10,000 talents of silver. That if you will enforce this law, you will receive this money. And the law said that if you are a Persian in any of the 127 provinces. If you kill the Jew, you can have their stuff. It was an incentive to annihilate every Jew in the world. And it had the king's signature by Haman who made a law because he wanted everybody to worship him. I think we have to be careful. There's always been a devil since we've been on this earth. That's wanted to be. Challenge them in the Garden of Eden and all the way still today. He wants the attention. He wants to be worshiped because he really wants to be king and he wants to be God. But what he knows is what we still know. Hey, king, there's a group of people that don't live by all the laws that have been made on this earth. They want to be different. Come on. does, Does anybody hear Noah? Amen. Does anybody here know what the Bible says? He said, I'll walk with you, Lord. Doesn't matter what everybody else is gonna do. I'll live according to thy law. I'm so glad to be a part of a church that said we will not be pressured or compromised by cultural ways. We will obey the word of God and do what God wants us to do. Amen. How many want to live for the Lord today and please the King? It had been set. The law had been released. It had been set. It had went out to the world. And when Mordecai and the Jews had heard what was going on, that the Jews would be destroyed, word got back to Esther. Word got back to the church. There's something happening. There's something going on. What is it? Next year on the 13th day of the month of March, if you will, there's going to be a holocaust of every Hebrew or Jew in the world. When they heard this, Mordecai became burdened. It stirred him. It ought to stir us to see the chaos in our society. There is an attack against our young people. There's an attack against our children. There's an attack against traditional family. There's an attack. There is chaos. The devil's doing everything he can to stop the church of Jesus Christ. He has made a decree. He has made a rule. I'm gonna come and I'm gonna attack. He wants to wipe out every believer up on the face of the planet. And when Mordecai heard the decree of Haman, he got on his knees in sackcloth and ashes. He grieved and he mourned. Please don't ever judge the preacher because he's got a tear running down his face because he's agonizing over the attack of the enemy. He grieved and he groaned and he wept and he mourned. One place even Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. I believe in preaching about prosperity. I believe in believing great things are going to happen but there's also times we got to stand in the gap and say oh God we need deliverance. Oh God, I'm concerned with what's going on. Oh God, help our country turn this thing around. I'm talking about having a burden. On, talking about being passionate. I'm talking about getting to the altar. And we, I know what it's like. You, I don't want to say you tolerated me, but a little over a year ago, I wept every day for three weeks. Every single day I grieved because of some of the things the Lord showed me in prayer. I would rather though have a preacher that moved me with a burden than put me asleep on Sunday. Preach preaching, but don't let me stay idle there's destruction on the way. Get my attention, but don't let me remain complacent and mediocre. And, and, the, and the word gets to Esther. Everybody shout, we are Esther. We are the bride and the king. And the word gets to Esther and says, says, have you heard your uncle? Now it's in secret. Nobody knows that, uh, that Esther's a Jew, but at this moment, and uh, the word gets to Esther, have you heard your, your, your cousins at the Gaties? He's in psych all the nations. He's grieving, he's weeping, he's not eating, hadn't eaten in days and he's not acting himself and it bothered her so bad but she didn't want him to act that way. She sent word, she sent word. You know, you know, passion isn't always pretty. I mean, when you don't you know talk about when you cry and you got the ugly face. You don't know talk about ugly face cry. Look like you're straining, looks terrible. Now that's not the picture you're going to put on the, on, on the social media page. It's, but you don't care. Something's stirring. Something's stirring in the heart. She sent, she sent down. She brought him fresh clothes. Okay. I, here's some words. Tell him, tell him to get up. Tell, tell him to quit crying, quit grieving. Put these clothes on. He, he needs to take that burlap off. He needs to take that sack off. That. He, go, tell him to, go tell him to get up and smile like he, he normally is. And when he got in the Bible, says she refused. He refused it. He said, You go back and tell Esther what's going on. There is a law that's been made for every one of us to be destroyed. There is a law that's been made for every one of us to be destroyed. And he says, You got to do something about it. Esther sends word back to him because he told her said, You need to go to the king. You, you've, you've been given favor. The king honors you. He 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 you've been he chose you. You've got to go to the king. And she sent word back to him. But but Mordecai, I haven't, I haven't heard from him in 30 days. Uh, if I go in there timid and quiet and, and and come here, Emily, I want you to be Esther. You, if, if I go, if I go to him, then. What if, because it's against the law to go to the king without an invitation. But you're the, it doesn't matter. No one is allowed to go to the king without an invitation. You have to be invited. And he starts telling her something. Esther, you, you, you come, come here, Esther. Walk, walk up here. You've you got to see something. And, and he says to her, he says in chapter four, he says to her, Think not within thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house. Listen. The decree is to destroy everybody. And don't think because call you the queen. You're going to escape because you're still a Jew. Still, you still belong to the people of God. And he goes on to say, listen, can I, can I say here today that just because I'm saved doesn't give me permission to be idle. If we're not careful, well, I I was saved 15 years ago. I'm good. I go to church every Sunday and pay my tithes. I'm, I'm not talking about idol. I'm talking about purpose. If we're not careful, the Bible says for men ought to lift up hands, holy hands without wrath or doubting. That means what men struggle with, men struggle with, men, I'm not talking about women right now, but men struggle with, they were to deal with doubting, which means apathy. Apathy means lack of enthusiasm, concern, or care. Right. A man can be so apathetic. Well, just whatever happens, happens. It's fallen nature of Adam was to be passive. Fallen nature is just whatever happened. Just, I don't care. I'll just go with the flow. That's not the will of God for a man. It was the will of God to be aggressive and to be concerned and be passionate. At counseling sessions I, 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 I've done. I've done hundreds over the last 17 years of being in this city. Hundreds of marriage counseling. I can't tell you how many times the woman said, I just wish I knew what was going on in his head. He just gets quiet. He doesn't say anything. It's almost nonchalant. And she can't stand it. And neither can I. Neither can God. And if we're not careful, we're just ho-hum. I'll just go with the flow. I'll just stop. I'll, I'll, I'll just go with what. So somewhere there's got to get somebody that gets concerned. The, 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 the opposite of the excellence is average. Just settle for whatever. If we're not careful, the church at its most critical point will become mediocre, complacent, ho-hum, when we should be at the most focused, alert, concerned, interested and what do I need to do? Mediocrity is the enemy of God's purpose. And Esther, if you hold your peace, you just think you're going to be spared because you've got favor. Come on, favor has an obligation. I'm favored. I've been blessed. We we have people walking around saying, oh, I say, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored of God. Well, amen. You can't just walk around with it. You've got to do something with it. God didn't just give you salvation. He gave you salvation to impact somebody else. He didn't just give you spiritual authority. He gave you authority to set somebody free. It's not about just going to church and I've got my name on the roll and I'm going to go to heaven. I've got a purpose. I've got a destiny. I've got a responsibility. It's like walking around with military clothes on but not willing to fight. Well, I'm holiness, I'm righteousness. What are you gonna do with it? You've got the holiness. You're beautiful. You're highly favored. The king chose you out of everybody. hes hes you're, you're the apple of his eye and you don't wanna go in because you're afraid he's not gonna receive you. And he makes this statement to Esther. He said, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, somebody shout now. Then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. He said, I'm going to tell you something, Esther. He said, if you don't make a move, if you don't go, God's going to deliver his people, but he's not going to use you to do it. He's going to call somebody else out to do it. But he said, but you and your father's house are going to be lost. Here's the term no involvement, you're done. Lack of involvement was never an excuse to be delivered. What he was saying was, if you don't get involved with what you have been handed in responsibility, you will be lost. Mediocrity at critical moments is not an option. Complacency, apathy is not an option. We have been flooded by things of insignificance, such as media, social media, video games, some level of politics. On them, there is a there is a decree that's been made by the enemy, enemy to wipe out every Jew, including you. And if you hold your peace, if you hold your peace, you're going to be lost. You know what I don't want to do? I don't want the Lord to look down in Zanesville because He loves this city. Yeah. Let me tell you something: there is so much prophecy over this city. That's right. That's right. There's prophecy of blessing, and what is going to do? I don't like when anybody talks negative about this city. I realize there's some bondage. I realize the level that are there. I know what they've written about the city, but I also know that he can take a gate of hell and make it a gate of heaven. He can take a desert and make it an oasis. He can take a... God wants to change the landscape of a city. And I believe he's called an Esther to be a part of that. And it's a now moment. Every preacher that comes through stops and steps back and says, my God, why is it when I come to this church, I can't help but start prophesying? Because God has something to do in this city. He's gonna turn this thing around. He's gonna send deliverer deliver this city like Moses went to Egypt and brought him out. I'm telling you, God's gonna do something in the city. Come on, if you believe it, clap your hands and shout amen. Fear is going to bow. Addictions are going to be set free. I come to tell you, depressions are going to be relieved. Oh, amen. Fear is going to walk out. There is going to be a deliverance in this city. God is sending power to this city for great deliverance. Somebody shout amen. Amen. But if you hold your peace, it's not going to happen through you. I don't want God to bypass us as a church because we're apathetic. I don't want God to bypass my ministry because I'm mediocre. I don't want God to walk past the giftings he's given me and not use them because I'm just ho-hum, nonchalant, not interested. I'm telling you, the devil knows his hour is short. He's doing everything he can to unleash havoc in our country, havoc in our cities, havoc on the family. Somebody's got to get stirred. Somebody's got to put on the side clap and said, no more. Nothing's enough. I'm done with what's happening in our families. There's got to be a change. There's got to be healing. There's got to be deliverance. Somebody shout amen. Amen. It can't just be this. It can't just be while I'm here. It can't just be gone for five days while I went to church Sunday. I'm talking about you're the bride. And Mordecai, I understood something. She was too timid to understand. She was too feeling too inadequate to understand. The absence of a father in her life. The absence of a mother in her life. She she, She lived in the favor of somebody that adopted her. He believed in her. She went before the king because he said to go before the king. She is approaching the king because he said, you're valuable. You're great. Can I stand before you today as your pastor? I'm the Mordecai in your world. And I come to tell you today that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that your past has no hold on your tomorrow, that the King loves you and has something greater for you. He's got got favor for you. He's got blessings for you, I'm telling you. He's given you giftings and greatness to do marvelous things. Somebody shout amen. amen. I mean, he was pretty convincing because he says to her, she says to him, call everybody on a fast. Get everybody fasting. No bread and no water for three days and go to prayer. And she said, if I perish, I perish. Amen. If I perish, I perish. She said, I'm willing to take a risk. It'd be a whole lot easier just 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 to have church tonight. Right here in our building. In our four walls. And say, we had good church. It'd be easier not to make any declarations about going to the Wild Bridge and believe people are going to be delivered of addictions next week because that's I I trusted the staff. Amen. Brother Nehemiah and those that were around him said we feel we need to go and have an outdoor service. We went with that. The Lord started moving the Holy Ghost and instantly I saw people, I can't get it out of my mind. Heroin addicts being delivered. I can't get it. I've told y'all about it. And I feel like we're going to go stand in the gap for somebody that's hurting, that wants out, that doesn't know how to get out. I just feel like we can see people change. And deliver, we can, we can, we can. I know it's a risk. I know what people might say. I know people might say things. Well, what well, if somebody comes up and I'll get delivered? Listen, I'm gonna take the risk, and I believe when we get there, the angel of the Lord is gonna be there, and everybody that wants deliverance will be instantly delivered. Amen. Atheists are gonna be converted. Do you believe that? Because God is gonna turn this thing around. Somebody shout, God's gonna turn this around. Emily, they are you. Some of them don't pray because they don't think God hears them. And the reason you're about to go pray and talk to the king because Mordecai is telling you that the king's going to listen to you. Well, he's going to kill me if I go. If he wanted to kill you, he'd already killed you. How many's ever heard somebody say, man, I just feel like God wants to kill me. How many that God's going to kill me? Anybody ever said that? He'd already done it. He don't want to kill you. He's wanting you to talk to him. The Bible says he revealed the secrets to the prophets and we have not because we go to the king. And She goes before the king and when she comes in her head is down. And when she comes before the king her, her head is down and the king looks up and she's, she doesn't know if he's going to receive her. She doesn't know if he's going to tell the guards to when she walks in walk in when she comes into the throne room she comes in with her head down and when she, she, she comes in he says, Esther, she didn't know she's going to say, I didn't ask you to come. Oh, no. When she came in, Esther, oh, you look wonderful. It's, it's been a busy 30 days. I'm so sorry we had not connected. To, I, uh, my email's been shut down on my cell phone. And <laughs> I'm sorry. What can I do for you? Um, oh, okay, King, I'd like you to come to dinner and bring Haman. I want you to bring if he only knew what was really going on inside of her after a three day fast. You know, fasting will make you bold. You'll deny yourself and shy people become uh, exuberant people. They do. When you get beyond your flesh, flesh talks you out of things that God wants you to do. That's why some things don't happen by prayer and fasting. When you're fasting, God's not looking at you and said, you know, he didn't, he didn't have Facebook for five days. I, you know, I, I feel sorry for him. I'm, I'm going to bless him. It did not work that way. Or he, 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 hadn't, he hadn't had a cup of coffee for his morning breakfast. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and bless him. I feel bad. He didn't have his caffeine. did not work that way. You can't make God feel sympathy for you. Fasting doesn't move God. It moves me. It moves me beyond what I taught myself out of, what I, my apathy, my doubt, my mediocrity. I, ma- I made a declaration. Are you ready for this? You need, you need to get your pen and paper down because it's, it's, it's re- revelatory. Are you ready? He who doesn't fast is not hungry. You don't fast, you're not hungry. But there's a lot of truth in that. Because when we don't deny ourselves, we're, we're, apath- we're in apathy. Yeah. We don't care. We're not hungry for change. We're not hungry. Are y'all with me? Yeah. I'm not preaching condemnation. I'm preaching about passion. And Esther, when you come before the king, and you, hey, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, what does it say? What does it say? Man, everybody thinks I'm preaching to their neighbor. I'm not. I'm preaching right to you. Yeah. Quit worrying how I'm preaching. I'm preaching to you. Everybody put your hand on your chest and say, oh God, let me get out of Apathy. Hallelujah. How many know the king's going to hear us when we pray? He says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. That's what Esther was doing. Humble means to fast. And pray and what? Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Come with me. When she went before the king, he said, I'll be there. I'll come to the banquet hall. You know what? The king, go ahead, sit right there. You can sit back in your seat. The king goes to Haman and says, Esther came to see me today and says, she wants me and you to be at the banquet. Oh, that's all he, you know, he he represents the devil. Do you know that? Man, he put his chest out a little bit, sucked in some air. Said, well, I can't wait to go tell my friends. And he does. He walks home and he tells his wife. He tells the wise men in the house, he said, I got an invitation today and nobody, read it, it's in there. Nobody in the kingdom got the invitation. I did. Well, what is it, honey? Only I and the king were invited to Esther's banquet tonight. Well, aren't you somebody? Oh, but if he only knew what was going on behind the scenes. It's sort of like King George III when he wrote on July the 4th in his diary and he put in there, today nothing happened in July the 4th 1776 what he didn't know on the other side of the Atlantic there were some American patriots that got together and united and they said you know what today we declare independence from what the king has said we will worship in freedom we will have our rights and we will start the greatest country that there's ever been aren't you glad that when the enemy thought one thing you had something else in mind that's what we're celebrating today I wish somebody would grab their flag I wish somebody grab, grab their fly, flag and say, it's Independence Day. Somebody shout, it's Independence Day. Oh, I feel like preaching to you for a few more minutes if I can before you leave. Somebody shout, Independence Day. Be seated. Watch what she does. She has the banquet. She's, she's getting the food ready. And, and uh, I got to tell this part. I, I have to tell this part. He goes home bragging, I'm going to go to this banquet. And he goes back to see the king. And, and the king said, I couldn't sleep last night. He said, I couldn't sleep last night. And he said, I had something in my mind. But he said, I want to honor the most noble man of the kingdom today. And he said, if I was going to honor a noble man, watch the storyline. Watch the narrative. Are you ready? Haman, if I was going to honor a noble man of the kingdom, what would you think I should do? And immediately, Scripture says he thinks it's going to be him. He's always thinking he's going to get the glory and the honor. He said, oh, I would put the king's robe on him and I... I would put him on the king's horse and I'd get a noble guy to lead him through lead him through the city. And I would say, this is the man that the king gives favor and honor. This is the man that the king, up and down the streets, back and forth, honor that man in front of everybody. He said, great. He said, because you know what? That man by the name of Mordecai that saved my life when he heard the spies, he said, I want you to be the man that leads him through the city and honor him. <laughs> Watch. He's made a decree because Mordecai wouldn't ever bow to his ways, but guess what? He's getting ready to lead Mordecai through the city, and said this is the man that the king is gonna honor. This is the man that the king is gonna honor. There is something about people that will not compromise that'll stand for the ways of God. I realize it's humbling, there's sometimes grief, but guess what, if you'll just wait a while, the tables are gonna turn, God's gonna honor his church. He's gonna honor them in this country. Come on, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the Holy Ghost, the tide is about to turn. Amen. You've been suppressed. You've been pushed back, but God's about to honor his people. Somebody shout amen. He goes, he left his house strutting his stuff. When he comes back to his house, his head is down and his wife and the noble men in his home said, what happened? He said, you know that Mordecai that I've got the gallows built? You know Mordecai? You know Mordecai? That that man that wouldn't bow? Yeah, the king made me honor him in front of the whole city today in Shushan. And she stopped and got a serious look on her face. She said, I hate to tell you, but what you're planning on doing to him is about to happen to you. And she prophesied destruction to Haman. Only thing that's comforting him is I've got a little favor because I'm invited to the, king's, the queen's palace today. I'm going to go have dinner. He has no clue what's about to happen. Has no clue what's about to happen. I'm just going to tell you what I feel. The devil's had his hands on people long enough. He has no clue what's about to happen. Come on, I believe in the power of prayer. Do you believe in the power of prayer? There's a power in a unified prayer. There's power when people come to the king, and she invited the king and Haman to the house. They started eating. The king said, "What is it you'd have me to do for you?" She said, "There is a law that has been made for the thirteenth day of Adar of next year." She said, "There's a law that every one of my people, including me, are going to be killed." She said, "And somebody has written that law that nobody can turn around." And the king said, "Well, who is it? What? Come here, come here, timid Esther. That's now going to be bold." See, the church is, a, is compared to sheep. And, and even the Lord was compared to a lamb. But he wasn't only the lamb. He also became the lion of the tribe of Judah. Don't mistake meekness for weakness. Don't mistake timidness and and meek Christianity that there's no war or fight inside of us because all of a sudden, this girl got a hold of what Mordecai was praying, what Mordecai was grieving about. Something got a hold. She said, watch this. She said, on this time, when he said, well, who is it? She said, it's that. Point at that camera right there. Point that. That wicked Haman. Say that. That wicked Haman. I want you to say that wicked Haman. That wicked. She was waiting on y'all to say it. <laughs> say that. That wicked. Wicked. Haman. Haman. I wish somebody in this building would say, that wicked, devil. that wicked devil. I wish something would get inside of you and say, Enough is enough. Yeah. I'm not sitting silent any longer. Yeah. I'm not sitting silent any longer. I'm gonna call him out for who he is. I'm tired of me fighting our families, tired of me fighting our communities, tired of him fighting our minds, our emotions, our spirit, our morals, and our truths. Somebody's gotta get up and say enough is enough. I'm not gonna let it go on any longer. I've come to combat everything that's against me. Somebody jump to your feet and shout enough is enough. Come on, shout enough is enough. The devil has had his last opportunity. And tried to go hide and beg. And, and the king said, Nope. Somebody told the king, said, He's built a gallows. He's built a gallows for Mordecai. And they took him and hung him on the gallows. What he was going to do to Mordecai was done to him. You know what I say today? Every curse is to be reversed. Everything the devil's wished, destruction of my is gonna be turned around. Come on, what the devil would like to do to this city is gonna be turned around. Somebody shout, yes! There's power when we pray. There's power in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, there's power in the name of Jesus. I believe we can pray over cancered bodies and they be healed. I believe we can pray for people that's been bound by spirits and they can be delivered. I believe people that have been bound for years of addiction can be set free. Do you believe it? Shout, amen! Is taken out, destroyed. He comes back. You know he's going to come to church and preach today, did you, Esther? Sometimes that's preaching and saying, that's got to call it out. He comes back and says, Here's here's the ring, here's the robe, here's all of Haman's stuff. Everything that belonged to Haman is now yours. And somebody came and said, You know, Mordecai, what you honor? Yes. He's the guy that raised me. Are you serious? He trained you up and spared my life. He's for me. The enemy said he was against me. You see that ring? Come here, Mordecai. He put the ring on him. He put blue and white royal robe on him. He put a crown of gold on him. The guy that was grieving in the street put it this way the guy that was praying in the street the guy that was interceding in the street the guy that would not bow or compromise that had tough times but he believed if there's ever an hour to pray for your pastor it's now come on we, we can't compromise truths and morals and convictions do you believe that God's the basis of all morality we remove God out of the picture there's no reason to be moral why the agendas are pushed to teach there is no God. Why well, have 10 commandments. Just, just do what you will. Just do what thou wilt, the satanic Bible says. Just go ahead and do. Just be whatever you want to be. This doesn't work that way. Because it could be absolutely wrong and destructive to your life. It matters who your friends are. It matters what you watch. It matters where you go. Come on. Straight as the gate narrows way which leads to life. But broad as a gate! Which leads to destruction. And many go that way. Mordecai, stand for truth. He, he gives him the signet of authority. He said, Esther, what is it you need me to do? He said, I, I want you to hang. She said, hang Haman's 10 sons. She said, but there's a decree out there. That's when all, all 127 provinces that said that next year on the 13th of Adar, we're going to die. He said, well, write a decree. Mordecai, stepped in. Here's what we're going to do. On the 13th of Adar next year, it's going to be Independence Day. It's going to be called Purim, And what's going to happen is every Jew in the world is going to receive authority and rule over anybody that comes against them. The contrary, that's where that word, the contrary, that anybody that comes against them, they have the right by the king's signet to defend themselves from the attack of the enemy. Can you say amen? I'm going to tell you right now, they still celebrate Purim still today because it was declared Independence Day for every Jew against the Holocaust in that day. Can I say to you that when you got the backing of the king, you can defend yourself from any attack from any spiritual attack, anything trying to get in your home, your marriage, your family. God gives you divine authority. And in one day, 75,000 people that attacked the Jews were instantly killed because God gave them authority. Now listen to me, let me put it on this narrative. I believe God wants to give us authority over addiction, over fear, over bondage, over numb emotions. Somebody's got to stand up in this community and start praying. Excuse my tears and my burden, but it troubles me to see the addiction levels in our community. It troubles me to see our babies hurting. I've been weeping for weeks, but I come to tell you, I believe we can declare Independence Day in this city and have an old-fashioned revival, an old-fashioned breakthrough. Come on, is there anybody that wants to see a great revival in the city of Zanesville? Praise team can come out. Come here, Brother Dylan. Your grandpa preached my ordination service. It's Brother Dylan, right here. Did he step out? Brother Dylan's grandfather, Kenneth Haney, preached my ordination service. And he made this statement, Brother Cody. He said some of those awakening preachers prayed and fasted and sought God until there was an awakening that happened in these cities. Brother Dillon, I'm talking about your grandfather. Come here for a minute. He preached my ordination. Your grandfather preached my ordination service. He told about some awakening preachers in the United States. That when they were coming and getting off the train, when the train would bring the preacher in, that people would fall off the bar stools and start repenting. Because of the move of God that preceded them. The way to churches to straighten out what they didn't know on the way conviction would come upon those people and they would fall on their knees and repent Jesus said except you repent ye shall all likewise perish I don't want to be in the world when he comes but if you're here today and you've got bondage in your heart, you've got things in your life that you know did not come from God, things that are holding you back. You're grieving over things. You've got bitterness over things. You've got bondage of things. Can I tell you that God wants to set you free? Come on, I believe He can heal sickness. Do you believe that? I believe He can heal emotions. I believe He can heal families. How many believe that? Say amen and I'm preaching to you today because all you have to do is approach the king. You're made in his image. Oh, but preacher, I, I haven't lived right. I haven't done, it doesn't matter. You just got to turn to him. It's the power of a turn. Somebody told me one time, they said, man, I came to the Lord and I did a 360 degree turn. I thought you didn't get anywhere. I mean, yes, turn back. How I many know he gives us a 180 degree turn? I don't have to go the path I've been going. I can go a new way. God can change what the enemy meant for evil. God's gonna bring good out of it. I'm gonna come out with a story, a testimony, authority, and power. I want every every hand lifted and call in the name of the Lord. Come on, Esther. We're gonna pray this week. We're gonna fast until five on Wednesday. We're gonna believe for a great breakthrough. There's gonna be a turn in our city. I'm believing it with everything in me. Come on, would you would you pray with Pastor right now, Lord, in Jesus' name? Come on, Esther, all over the building. I want you to call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to the King. I'm declaring war against the enemy. Haman's influence is gonna be removed in one day. The rule was going to change. God's people are going to have authority over the enemy. In the name of Jesus, I declare Independence Day for this city. I declare everything Haman's trying to do to this city to be turned around. God, next week, oh God, we're believing for a breakthrough at the wide Bridge. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this room. If you're here today and you need the Lord to do something in your life, every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to raise your hand if you're here today. You need God to do some things in your life. It might be deliverance. The Lord hears that. But if you need a miracle, you need healing, you need a situation fixed, you need something turned turn around in your family, I want you to come to this altar and call on the name of the Lord. You can kneel, you can stand. There's hands all over this building. I want you to come right now. I feel the drawing of God. Your name has been called in prayer. God has been moving on people to pray for you. Today is a turning point for Somebody. Come on, every prayer warrior in the building, begin to talk to God. We need a miracle. We need a miracle. Oh God, come on, pray in this building. You need healing in your body, healing in your emotions. I'm tired of feeling the oppression of the enemy. Come on, God is moving. is touching you are the Esther of the hour and now is the time but all you amazing people that are in your seats pray with us right now let's start praying let's call in the name of God call in the name of the Lord we need you even now